Welcome to the SG Engage podcast, where it's all social good all the time. Sit back and relax as the brightest minds from across the social good community engage with trends, big ideas, and best practices to help you drive impact. Hi, I'm Christine Newman, and I run SG Engage. We're about two weeks out from Giving Tuesday, or just a little less when this episode will be published, and we thought it would be helpful to bring friend of the show and BlackBot fundraising expert, Tanya Fitzgerald, on to talk about those last-minute things you can do to be successful, whether you've been planning for some time or are just pulling something together now. Thanks for joining us, Tanya, and um, hard to believe that Giving Tuesday is almost here, right? I know, I know. Definitely um, a shock, but it's good. It's good. <laughs> so let's, you know, kind of, uh, I guess the elephant in the room, um, 2020 has been a different kind of year um, than previous years. A lot yes. um, going on that has affected organizations in a variety of ways. So should organizations be thinking about Giving Tuesday differently this year, or should they still kind of take the same approach they have in previous years? So that's a tricky question. Yes, this is this is the year to to watch, right? So I'm going to say yes and no to this question. I'm going to start with why I say uh, say no first. I'm going to say no in the sense that people are still giving this year, right? So I don't want organizations to be afraid that the their end of year campaign uh, might be less or see. Um, see lesser numbers. So you still want to make sure that you participate in Giving Tuesday and definitely have all your end of year campaigns as you normally would. But I'm going to say yes in the sense that this year you can't just do the same old campaign that you would normally do. So highlighting a story is always great. It's impactful. But for 2020, your donors need more. Right. You need to tell your 2020 story. What happened to your organization this year and how did it affect y'all sustaining your mission? So your donors want to hear how you're doing. And if you do the, the, the normal giving Tuesday campaign, you're really not letting them in. And if you're not somewhat transparent with your community right now, they're not really going to rally behind you like they could. A good example, and I suggest everyone go to this website. Um, I've been using it for, for a couple months now. The South Carolina Aquarium has a really kid campaign going on right now. It's titled Our World Without. And the subtext says, um, help save the heart and soul of the South Carolina Aquarium. So here, they are literally letting their donors in. They're showing vulnerability. They're letting their community, their volunteers, and their supporters imagine that, imagine a world without them. This is super transparent and it's going to help the community rally behind them. So this year, like what I'm saying is you just want to change it up a little, you know, let your supporters in, allow them to help you but they can't help you if they don't need that you need help. They don't, if they don't know that you were really affected by 2020. So overall, you just want to do things a little bit differently, a little more transparency um, than you would normally. And just let them in, let them be a part of your team and allow them to help. That's really great advice and love that example that people can go look at as well. So um, we had, you know, Giving Tuesday Now earlier in the year. For organizations that participated in Giving Tuesday Now, how can they leverage that for success on Giving Tuesday? So I was super impressed with Giving Tuesday Now. It was an amazing display of collaboration. You know, it really proved that we can work as one and we can get behind those missions that we believe in. You know, over $500 million was raised in just a really short period of time because it was announced only 30 days in advance. And we had over 145 countries participate. But 
Giving Tuesday now did a little bit more. It also raised the confidence of so many organizations and it put their fire back into their mission. So it proves that we can be there for one another, right? So you want to take this success and use it towards your Giving Tuesday campaign in December. Since Giving Tuesday now was in May and June really is the second largest giving month of the year, I wasn't really surprised by its success of numbers, just the success of how everyone pulled together so quickly, right? Meaning that people are ready to probably give again. If June's the second largest giving month of the year, what's the first? December. It's always December. So they're ready to hear from you again. So organizations should take their Giving Tuesday now campaigns and update the community, right? Meaning show the donor what a difference they made in your Giving Tuesday campaign from May to December. Donors love to see their impact. Of course, you want to share, you know, you still want to have that transparency and share your current needs and, and how they can help you, but just show what they were able to do for you from May to December. And that's going to help them want to give again. And it's going to go a long way with the donor. I love that. I love that, you know, kind of building upon it for success and not being not being afraid that, you know, you participated in Giving Tuesday now and now there's Giving Tuesday that there's space for both of them. Yes, they they uh, expect to hear from them again. So yeah. don't don't be afraid. <laughs> Great. Now, if an organization has not yet started preparing for Giving Tuesday, this is a judgment-free zone. Y'all have had a lot going on. So if you haven't started preparing really, what can they still do now to successfully participate? What are the most important tasks they should concentrate on? Yes, and I agree. This is definitely a judgment-free zone. You know, there's been so much going on this year, so much for y'all to worry about. Honestly, it's okay if your organization hasn't started preparing for Giving Tuesday yet. There is plenty of time. The most important task you need to focus on is your message, though. Clarify what you want to share with your community, your volunteers, and your donors, and develop that into the peel. Everything else is pretty simple. You can go on the Giving Tuesday website, um, givingtuesday.org, and they have a toolkit that's built for you. And it's not really cumbersome of a lot of time. So they're helping you streamline your efforts. Giving Tuesday is 100% digital. So it doesn't take a whole lot of time. And the donors, again, they're expecting to hear from you. So all organizations really should be participating in this low-hanging fruit. But really, your message is the most important part. That's going to be the hardest and most time-consuming part um, for you to develop. It's going to really drive um, if the donor feels included and if they want to give. So again, share those successes and those struggles in your message. And once you've developed that message, honestly, givingtuesday.org, go download the toolkit. They have all the logos for you. They've really, really done a lot of the legwork. It's just your message that you want to share is the hardest uh, for, for you to develop first. That's great advice. And I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of listeners right now kind of, you know, taking a breath and like, okay, I can do this now. For organizations that do have their Giving Tuesday strategies mapped out, they've been working on them. What do you recommend they focus on in these last two weeks to head off any last minute surprises? So this year, 2020, is now also all about safety and protocol, right? So organizations that already have their campaigns set and ready to go on the side, they should be sharing what they're doing to keep their visitors and their staff safe. 
donors this year want to give to organizations that are being smart. So you want to overly share your procedures that you've put in place. You know, you can do this. It's very easy, very um, simple. Social media is a great way. Your website um, to let the community know the extra steps that you're taking to ensure the cleanliness and the responsibility you have to your staff and your guests. If donors, if they see that you are being smart and you are being safe, they are more likely to rally behind you. If a donor was to actually go on your website and they didn't see anything new or they just saw everything business as usual, this would probably be concerning for them. So ultimately, again, share what you're doing. This transparency is key because it shows that you're being responsible and you're really thinking about the community, which is going to help them rally behind you when you go and ask them for something. That's that's great advice. And yeah, something that, you know, a lot of people may not be thinking about still, or, you know, they may think, oh, we communicated about that months ago, but that it's important that they continue um, to do that. So that's really great advice. Turning to what I know is one of your most favorite topics, stewardship. Let's talk a little bit about the importance of stewardship and how can organizations turn those Giving Tuesday donors into ongoing donors? Yes. So stewardship is one of my most <laughs> fun topics that I love to, I love to share. So there are just a lot of things that you can do. You know, you're going to have a lot of traffic on your website on Giving Tuesday, and you're going to get a lot of first time donors. And those are the most costly to acquire. So you want to make sure that you keep them. So one thing I always start out with the number one rule in fundraising is that that thank you letter should be in the mail within 48 hours of receiving that gift. This is beyond important. I can't, I can't express it enough. Nothing is worse than a donor giving and not getting their mail in hand that same week. So this letter actually starts the stewardship process for them. But let's just focus on that first time donor because they are the most costly to acquire. After that first welcome packet is mailed, and this is going to depend on their giving level, there are a couple of things the organization is going to want to find out, right? Like what motivated them to give? How did they hear about the organization? Um, have they ever actually been into the facility if you have one or have they actually been to your website? Most likely, possibly someone um, encouraged them to give. They maybe know a volunteer. There's a connection there and you want to find out what it is. So depending on the giving level and the staff, you know, allowance of time, you're going to want to do a follow-up phone call. And this is a great way to just learn absolutely all of this. So to the donor, it seems like a courtesy phone call, right? They appreciate it. But to the staff, it is packed full of information. You get to find out everything, what drives them, what are their interests. And this is when you can also, you know, encourage them to follow you on social media, come in for that tour, depending on their giving level. The first 90 days really after a gift has been given is the most sensitive to the donor to keep them coming back. So this first 90 days, you want to keep in contact with them, um, follow up, make sure that you know why they gave, you know, who they really are, and that's going to retain them into making them an annual donor. Great. And um, you've written some great posts about this uh, for SG Engage. So we'll make sure to link to those in yeah. the show notes. Um, I know you've even like laid out kind of step-by-step -step <laughs> template. <Yes. laughs> you really do are so passionate about this topic, which is fantastic. 
Yeah. Steward, you know, and if we're just talking about stewardship, it really is yeah. just the, it really is the most important thing. You know, a lot of times I tell people to be donor centric. And if you're just not really quite sure, put yourself in the donor's shoes and you can't go wrong. Treat them as you would want to be treated because donors actually give to staff. Yes, they share your passion for the mission, but they really give to the staff because they trust the staff with their with their monies. Um, so honestly, if you put yourself in that donor's shoes, you're not going to go wrong. But at the same time, donors want to hear from you this year. You know, I know a lot of times I heard in the beginning when all of this was coming about, organizations were really afraid to reach out to donors because they were saying, well, you know, they have their own lives and their own worries and we don't want to bother them. Well, you're really not bothering them. You know, if you do it in, in a certain manner, you're not going to be bothering them and they want to hear from you. And if they don't hear from you, you're not going to be in the forefront of their minds. So you're just not going to be on their register to actually, you know, include you in possibly their, their giving towards the end of the year. So don't be afraid to reach out to your donors. They want to hear from you. They actually really do want to help you and they want to be part of your team. So if you do it in a respectful way, they will, they will really in turn support your mission. That's really great advice. And yeah, I mean, nothing ventured, nothing gained, right? You That's know, right. If you're not reaching out to, to donors, then um, they think everything's you know. fine, right? But you really have right. to tell them, you know, everything isn't fine. And, um, but you want to sh- um, share your successes and your struggles. So, you know, don't be the Debbie Downer the entire time, but do be transparent. Go on the SouthCarolinaAquarium.org. I absolutely love this campaign they have going on right now. It isn't a woe is me, but it really is a realistic campaign of what could happen. Happen. And I think it's doing quite well for them. So I think that's a great example of a good fine line on how to handle it. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I know just, um, you know, as a as someone who donates to some organizations myself, you know, there were a few organizations that I, you know, heard from locally. I live in New York City, who did a great job of expressing their need and what they were facing. And, you know, and that really kind of prompted me to to just donate based off that, that email communication. So yes. Yeah. Um, Cause they, they let you in, they let you in right. and you're a part of their team, you know, and honestly we, we give for many reasons, but we, it really makes us feel good. Right. And that's a lot of times why, why people give. So it, if they're reaching out to you and they're asking for your support and you're able to give, please do um, in turn, you know, it'll make, it'll, it'll make for a stronger community and it makes us feel good inside. Awesome. Any other parting advice before we before we wrap up? I know we could go on for for hours, but you know, I think this has been a really great great conversation that I think our listeners will really take a, you know, a lot from as they're going into the you know, the final countdown for Giving Tuesday. Anything else that we haven't covered that you want to mention? Just that if y'all have never participated in Giving Tuesday before, it's it's not it's not hard as it sounds. Go on the website, givingtuesday.org. They have a toolkit for you. They have done most of the legwork for you. If you haven't started your campaign yet, uh, don't worry about it. I do a lot of pro bono campaigns on the side and I have yet to start those and I'm not worried about it. Um, so there, there's plenty of time. Um, there are so many tools out there for you to use. Uh, it really is a low hanging fruit. Um, campaign. It's a good kickstart 
to your end of year campaign, considering it's in December. So utilize these tools that are, are given to you because they always have a great return. Fantastic. So we will um, make sure to link to the Giving Tuesday website in the show notes, as well as some other resources, um, BlackBots toolkit, some great webinars that we've had going on, blog posts, as I mentioned, and more. So be sure to check out the resources section in the show notes. Thank you so much, Tanya, for uh, for joining us. As always, just a wealth of information. So really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks for having me. And um, for our listeners, good luck on Giving Tuesday. And um, we'll see you next week.